You're listening to All About Agriculture with Rory Lewandowski, presented by OSU Extension in Wayne County, Ohio. Good morning and welcome back. It's behind the scenes interview time here on Worcester Radio. And uh, as we have with us a couple times every month, our good friend from the OSU Extension office here in Wayne County talking agriculture, Rory Lewandowski. Rory, uh, good morning. You got the jacket on. It's starting to get a little bit chillier. Good yes, to see you again. Yep, fall's definitely here. Glad to be here, Ron. Well, with that... Uh, frost uh, here as well, or soon to be, and uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today, forage cautions after a frost. So obviously, Rory, you know, we're at the time of year when the word frost shows up in the local weather forecast. For some forage species, frost signals caution with respect to livestock consumption because of toxic conditions, something that some people might not think about, but it's there. Two questions as we begin the program for today. One, what is the concern with frost and some forage species? And secondly, which specifically species are, are affected by the frost? What do you need to look out for? Sure. Uh, well, the issue we have is that uh, some forage species, and specifically some of our warm season grasses that can, contain compounds called cyanogenic glucosides in their cell compartments, uh, kind of the significance of that is usually they're held in separate compartments, but when we get frost and freezing temperatures, that damages the plant cells. Uh, those membranes rupture and allows those compounds to mix together. And then the result is the production of hydrogen, hydrogen cyanide, uh, more commonly known as prussic acid. And uh, the species specifically that we're concerned with that produce this prussic acid are grain and forage sorghum, sorghum sedan grass hybrids, and sedan grass. Again, they're all warm season annuals and they have this potential for prussic acid or cyanide poisoning following a frost event. Now there are some other species out there that uh, can be sometimes found either near or in pasture fields and hay fields. Uh, they're also known to develop some toxic levels. Uh, that would include things like Johnson grass, usually thought of as a weed, but there's a, uh, quite a bit of that around, shatter cane, black cherry, elderberry, and choke cherry. It seems to me that, that some important questions for livestock owners are how toxic uh, is the acid to livestock? How quickly after a frost is the acid produced? Also, how much forage needs to be consumed really for there to be a problem? Right. And then also, as I continue to throw questions at you, Rory, does it matter in what form the forage is consumed? In other words, is there a difference between grazing, silage, and hay, or is it all the same? Yeah, well, all good questions. Uh, so again, once that cell membrane in those uh, sorghum and sedan grass types of plants are ruptured, the formation of that hydrogen cyanide or prussic acid actually occurs very quickly. Uh, we're talking uh, possibly within minutes to no more than a couple of hours after even a light frost. So cyanide is one of our most rapidly acting toxins, and with a lethal dose, uh, death can happen quickly. We think in terms of 15 to 20 minutes uh, after consuming a lethal dose. Now, according to a South Dakota State University publication on the topic of prussic acid poisoning of livestock, that lethal dose can be as small as one gram of hydrogen cyanide can kill a thousand pound cow. Uh, so just to put that in some perspective, there are 454 grams in one pound. So we're talking really small quantities. Uh, so, and Ron, your question about uh, grazing then uh, versus silage versus hay, that's actually a, a really critical question. Uh, our general advice is do not let livestock graze any plants in the sorghum family immediately following a frost event. 
however, because this prussic acid, again, hydrogen cyanide, it's actually a gas, it will dissipate uh, with the passage of time from the plant. So for this reason, actually chopping those plants, uh, using them for silage, or letting them dry down and then using them as dry hay, uh, that's actually a better option than grazing after a frost. Uh, then before feeding those, those forages, uh, that silage again should have time to go through that fermentation process. Generally we think in terms of about eight weeks and anything made as hay, again we want it to be dry hay. So it has to be cured down, uh, not wrapped as a, a wet wrap. Uh, under those conditions then any prussic acid that was present at the time of either mowing or chopping should have dissipated by the time you're feeding it. Rory, you've told us that death can occur rapidly when a, a lethal dose of prussic acid is consumed. What are the causes of poisoning? And then, I guess more importantly, so you can recognize, what are the symptoms? Yeah. Uh, well, prussic acid, the way it works, it actually interferes with oxygen transfer in the bloodstream of the animal. Uh, so that animal actually dies of asphyxiation. Uh, before death, uh, if, if, again, if you can get there soon enough, but again, it can happen fairly quickly. But before death, if you get there, those symptoms are going to include uh, excess salivation, difficulty in breathing, staggering. You may see convulsions and then collapse of the animal. And it turns out that ruminant animals uh, are really more susceptible to prussic acid poisoning than something like horses or, or swine. Uh, because their cud chewing and the rumen bacteria actually help to release the cyanide uh, from the plant tissue. Once again, joining us in studio this morning from the OSU Extension Office, Rory Levandusky talking about forage cautions after a frost. And Rory, for those livestock owners that are pasture-based and have a field or pasture paddock uh, of sorghum, um, uh, you know, what represents a considerable amount of forage. Is there any safe way to be able to graze the plants out there after a frost or is it simply, you know, nothing? Right. You know, are there growth stages or certain parts of the plant that are more toxic? I, I guess, you know, are there, are there levels, are there stages, or is just you need to stay clear? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, and again, it's, it's really does concentrate. So young, rapidly growing forage plants of those species, again, the, you know, the, the grain or forage sorghums, the sorghum sedan grass hybrids, the sedan grass, um, that contain those cyanatic glucosides, they're going to have the highest level. So again, young tissues, rapidly growing plants. And then after a frost, that cyanide is actually going to be more concentrated in young leaves and tillers as opposed to older leaves. Now, I recognize, you know, some folks are in a really a, a grazing operation. That's the basis of their operation. So if grazing is your only option to utilize that forage and you have considerable amounts out in the field, uh, then you have to really take the following precautions. Uh, one, do not graze on nights when a frost is likely. Again, because those toxic compounds can form minutes to even hours after a light frost. Uh, do not graze after a killing frost until the plants are dry. So again, it's a gas, it dissipates. So usually about five to seven days after that plant dries down. Now, if we get a non-killing frost, uh, then again, we're going to say don't graze for two weeks uh, because that, that stimulates those high concentrations of toxic compounds. It takes a little more time because the plants aren't drying down. Uh, recognize again that uh, if animals are hungry, 
Uh, they shouldn't go in because they're going to eat more. So maybe uh, feed them some hay or, or some grain before they would go into a field uh, with some of these forages. And then use heavy stocking rates and rotational grazing so that animals can't selectively just pick off those young tillers and the young leaves. They'll have to eat some of that stem material uh, as well. Uh, and again, don't graze any kind of wilted plants or those plants with young tillers. So uh, be very cautious about grazing. Rory, another frost or forage concern that I've heard livestock owners talk about is an increased risk of bloat after frost. Is this a valid concern? And if so, what forage species warrant some caution in regard to that after frost? Sure. Uh, well, some of our legumes, uh, we're, we're thinking particularly here about alfalfa and clovers do have an increased risk of bloat uh, if they're grazed one or two days after a hard frost. Uh, that bloat risk is, again, highest in those pure legume stands. Uh, and if you have a mixed grass stand, then the, the risk is lower. Uh, the safest management is really, again, to wait a few days after a killing frost before you would graze that, again, that pure alfalfa stand or pure clover stand. Again, we want to wait until that forage begins to dry back a little from that forage damage. And it's also a good idea to make sure that those animals, again, aren't going into a, a field really hungry uh, or something that has a lot of dew on it. So wait a little bit, maybe give them some dry hay before you let them into that pasture. And uh, that can also help to mitigate that problem. Well, a lot uh, that we've covered today. Rory, if anybody has any questions, uh, please direct them uh, to the phone number, maybe the website where they can go to find out more. Sure. They can contact me at the Wayne County Extension Office. Our phone number there is 330 264 8722. Uh, I also have a lot of this information up on our website, and uh, that's available at wayne.osu.edu. Once again, our guest in studio this morning uh, talking uh, agriculture as always, and specifically about forage cautions after a frost, Rory Levendusky. Uh, Rory, as always, thanks again for coming in. I know you're a busy man. Thanks for taking time, and we'll talk to you again next time out. Okay, appreciate being here.